It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can own me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Matt Reynolds. champion of the 122nd US Open. Matt, how does that sound? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's just uh, the feelings out of this world. It's um it's so cliché, but it's stuff you dream of as a kid and uh yeah, to achieve it, uh, I can retire a happy man tomorrow, so. There were so many expectations on you this week that probably made this even harder. What have you learned about yourself? I think there were expectations, but I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel them. Uh, in my opinion, um, you know, the, the field's such a such a strong field. So many great golfers playing. Um, but I think for me, obviously, the expectations were me, for me to play well. But I feel like having won the U.S. Amateur here as well, I just felt so comfortable around this place. Uh, nowhere to hit it, nowhere to miss it, um, and. Um, yeah, just happy to be uh, unbeaten around this place. It's the Gimme Zone. Good morning, everybody. Josh Elmer alongside Matt Reynolds. Gimme Zone, as always, it's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com. Check them out. Locations in OKC and over in Tulsa. Matt, man, uh, kind of ran through the gambit there. A little bit different show open maybe than weeks past, but you heard obviously the way the tournament ended with Will Zalatoris, a chance to make birdie on 18 that would have forced a playoff. Instead, it slides it slides, uh, slides by, and Fitzpatrick is the 122nd U.S. Open champion. And then, of course, some uh, post-championship remarks from one Matt Fitzpatrick. It's his first major championship. And we welcome in again Matt Reynolds to the Gimme Zone. Matt, what did you think, man, of Mr. Fitzpatrick? 
Oh, what an epic Sunday. That was one of the best Sundays that we've had in golf in a long, long time. Uh, oh, wait, since Southern Hills. <laughs> so it hasn't been that long. But seriously, it was a, it was awesome. Uh, I thought it ended up, uh, you know, in in a great form. Willis Torres had another chance to get into a playoff. Poor guy. And, you know, you had a guy like Matt, Switz, Matt Fitzpatrick who – he was around at Southern Hills on Sunday and just played really poorly. So I think he took that and really elevated his game. And then there's so many other storylines that we'll have to get to, including, including we have to at some point today talk about the TV coverage. It was better on Sunday, but oh my goodness. Saturday, I don't even know if I watched golf. I think I just watched commercials. <laughs> too, too many uh, interruptions throughout the broadcast for your liking. Yes, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, let's start here. Just Matt Fitzpatrick in general. Obviously, he uh, and he talked about it there in his post-championship remarks. He likes himself the country club up at Brookline. Obviously, he won the, the U.S. Amateur there and now has come back and won the 122nd U.S. Open, his first major championship right there at the country club in Brookline and I I want to say he's the the only player other than Jack Nicholas to have accomplished that feat to win the US amateur and then a major championship or or maybe the their first at major the championship place. yeah at the same place so that that was an amazing little subplot to this for Matthew Fitzpatrick but I mean there's just no getting around it right I mean he loves the place yeah, he loves the place. And wouldn't you if you're going out and winning big tournaments like that? A, a historic, historic venue. Uh, I think the major championship venues that we have for this particular year, the Masters is always the same, of course, but the other three are on a rotation. And the old course, Southern Hills, and you know this tournament here in particular, I, I, I think that all three courses really lived up to the hype and were incredible. And I love that it was in the Northeast. The Northeast in general has some great, great golf. And the fact that we don't showcase it enough, I think, is uh, kind of an indictment. Yeah, I thought the the course was fantastic. The way the week played out was great. Uh, what we were talking about this time a week ago, what the leaderboard looked like heading into – Obviously, uh, moving day last Saturday, and then of course Championship Sunday, there was some some serious firepower toward the top of the board. It was a fair test of golf. I didn't think it turned into one of those U.S. Opens, Matt, where we spent a ton of time talking about. Yeah, you know the USGA kind of went overboard with this deal. I, I for one, rarely kind of find myself in that camp. I, I typically enjoy. These golfers, these uh, professionals really, really getting tested. And even a tournament where five over at a U.S. Open could be your major champion. That doesn't – I'm not, again, ever really in the camp to where that turns me off from wanting to watch the event. But if if you do find yourself in that line of thinking, Matt, this was not that type of U.S. Open. They, look, the, the major champion, Matthew Fitzpatrick here, sure, he finishes six under – par and he had a two under Sunday round but there were scores to be had out there on this Sunday Hideki Matsuyama right for 
uh, you know, a, a little bit there, was your clubhouse leader at three under par for the championship, and he fired a five under on Sunday. Colin Morikawa had a four under on Sunday. And just throughout the week, it it didn't really have, again, that feel that sometimes we get out of U.S. Opens. And I thought that played out well at the country club. It did. It did. It, it, to me, and you tell me if I'm off on this, as I sat there and watched it on Sunday, I'm going to tell you what it reminded me of was Southern Hills and the PGA Championship. And you know, maybe I'm just drawing from that because basically the winner had the same score. Um, I, uh, you know, it was one off, one, one shot off. But I, I think they did sincerely. I think they played very similar where, look, yeah, you could go out and make birdies in either of those terms but not on every hole. And you could also make double bogey on every hole if you put it in bad spots. So I particularly thought the course setup was great. My particular favorite day was Saturday from the course standpoint, where it was really tough, and we saw the leaderboard come back down to the feet. You know, I believe three under was the three or four under that was the leader going into Sunday. And I particularly loved that. I loved that everybody was dropping shots. You just didn't know. I mean, you got a guy like John Rahm who, you know, on the 18th hole, and he, he didn't have a real chance to win it on Sunday, but on Saturday he sure did. He's in contention, and he hits it in the bunker left in the fairway and ends up putting it back in the bunker, something that someone like you and I would do out there. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, look very amateurish. So that type of stuff is really fun for me to see, and I think the U.S. Open is the only place we see it every year where we see guys get frustrated. We see guys, you know, um, really try to go for things and not be able to do them, which isn't something we see too often in professional golf. And I don't want to paint this U.S. Open as though half the field was under par. It played like a U.S. Open. In fact, there were only 11 players at even par or better, nine that were under par. And yet, again, you know, to that point, Matt, it, it it was scorable at times on some of these holes. And I like your comparison to Southern Hills. I think these two championships back-to-back, they they did play similarly. And I think that, that was fun to watch for fans. Yeah, I think it's, it's perfect for fans. Fans enjoy that. You know, at least I did. I'm sure there's some. Like there is no matter how you set up the course, somebody's not going to like it. Uh, but the only the only thing I would say I wish we could have got more is I wish Sunday could have been more like Saturday. Now, the reason it wasn't is because it rained. And when it rains, you know, you can't really impact that on the green. So you just kind of got to do what you got to do. So it softened up the green Sunday. But give credit to guys like Fitzpatrick, Lozell Torres, and all those other cats, Scotty Scheffler, who, by the way, placed second in this tournament. Mm-hmm. He was only one shot off, too. Uh, all those guys, they score pretty well, but they also took advantage of it. And I think the point you just made is very important to bring up. It's not like everybody was under par. You got Grayson Murray over there snapping a club probably still. <laughs> Indeed, yes. He's he's still upset. In a couple of the, uh, a couple of the names that – were surprises heading into Saturday. And we were talking last moving day about, you know, would a would a Damon be able to hang on, win this tournament? Would a Buckley be able to hang on and win this tournament? And it was ank, ank across the board for both of those two guys. The 
cream really rose to the top in this championship. And I'm I'm here for surprise stories. I think that's fun in major championships. But uh, I think typically golf fans teen, uh, tend to lean toward they like seeing somebody. While Fitzpatrick was a first-time major champion, we've seen for a long time Fitzpatrick knocking on the door of both winning a PGA Tour event, which, oh, by the way, this was his first PGA Tour win as well as his first major championship. We've seen Fitzpatrick win on the DP World Tour. We know that Fitzpatrick has contended in major championships in the past. It's not a surprise to really see him track this major championship down. Will Zalatoris, another guy that we'll, we'll dive into it, what it means for him coming up uh, short in second again. Uh, so close in another major championship, but no cigar for him. That's somebody that we think has a ton of game and staying power on the – just in the world of golf, right? We think that he's going to win probably multiple major championships and at least one somewhere along the line. I thought this was a major that really the best players in the world, when we look up at the end of it, I mean, you just look at the top five of the leaderboard in this event, and it's a who's who of some of the power golfers out there. Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Scheffler, who, of course, is the Masters champion from this year, Hideki Matsuyama, Colin Morikawa, and Rory McIlroy. So from that standpoint, I, I thought it was great, right? We we saw what the typical casual golf fan wants to see, which is the big names in the sport. You're right. We did, and Fitzpatrick is a new name now that a lot of people probably – some casual fans didn't know as well. Maybe they knew the name, but they didn't know you know much about him. Well, we got to find out a lot about him. Uh, first time major winner, first time uh, you know guy wins with braces, and it was his first PGA Tour win. How about that? I mean, he's won on the Euro Tour a bunch. This was his first win, and the same would have been said for Will Zalatoris, who has now placed six times out of nine events of his major career in the top ten. And has a just a knack to play second. It looks like. I mean, he's placed second at the Masters, he's placed second at Southern Hills, and he placed second uh, this time around at the U.S. Open. So, you know, that I think that's something we should talk about next. Is just Will Zalatoris. Is this going to be a guy that is always just known for coming in second, or or do we think Willie Z is eventually going to turn this thing around? It's a fair question. So let's hear from Will Zalatoris next, who, you know, played great, played, you know, not good enough to win, obviously, on Sunday. But it's not as if he went out there and was just, you know, kicking it all around the golf course and really struggling. I mean, he delivered a performance that for plenty of other guys in that spot, it would have been good enough on a Sunday to win a major championship. But he he falls short. He ends in second. So let's hear his post-championship comments, and let's debate. Let's discuss. Let's hear from you out there on the Air, Com- Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. What does this mean for Matthew Fitzpatrick now going forward? What's his staying power in the world of golf? And what Matt and I are going to dive into next, Will Zalatoris. Is he just one of those guys that 10, 15 years from now we say, yeah, good golfer, but kind of the uh, first loser of the PGA Tour of Major Championship Golf of the DP World Tour, whichever tour, Live Golf, whichever tour we want to talk about for Will Zalatoris. Taking an opening timeout, it's the Gimme Zone here with you on the ref. Back after this. 
Matthew Fitzpatrick is your 122nd U.S. Open champion, 600 par from the country club up in Brookline. Of course, this is the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer alongside Matt Reynolds. Happy Saturday, everybody. Counting you down, basically. Consider this a golf pregame show of sorts for Oklahoma baseball tonight in the National Championship Series versus Ole Miss right here on the home of Sooner fans. As always, the Gimme Zone, it's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com. They, uh, they've, they're headquartered in both Norman and Tulsa. They've been serving customers in the greater OKC area since 2010. Free quotes, they're bonded and insured, and they've got affordable pricing. Number to call in OKC, 405-361-3094 or out in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. So exactly what we discussed right before the break. Will Zalatoris, oh so close. He finishes one shot. Out of a playoff, he had a birdie look on 18 that would have taken Fitzpatrick into a three-hole playoff instead. It uh, obviously did not play out that way. It slid just underneath and passed. And here was Will Zalatoris meeting with the media uh, after a second-place finish. All right, Will Zalatoris, one under 69. Will, can you talk us through that final round? Yeah, I I battled like crazy. You obviously said that about every – every U.S. Open round you play, but considering where I drove it today, um, the fact I was even under par was obviously pretty nice. Um, you know, I, I thought I made a lot of nice putts, uh, you know, just to keep myself in it. Um, stealing one on nine, saving par on 13. Um, you know, I, I, I really felt great with a putter all week, and, you know, I had a great putt on 18. It just happened to hang out there, and, um, you know, it was... Uh, it was fun, man. It was, uh, you know, Matt's shot on 18 is going to be shown probably for the rest of U.S. Open history because that I walked by it and I I thought that going for it was going to be ballsy, but the fact that he pulled it off and even had a birdie look was just incredible. So hats off to him. I mean, he played great all week, obviously, and uh, he was solid all around today. Did you think you made that putt on 18? I did. With about six feet to go, I thought I had it. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I was just checking my phone earlier, and a bunch of people were saying that Zinger said that everyone had missed that putt high. Um, I guess I was the closest all day, which I was like, well, thanks for the consolation prize. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the consolation prize. Does not make uh, Will Zalatoris feel much better, but uh, what, what do you make, Matt Reynolds, uh, of the comments you just heard from Zalatoris? Well, you just feel bad for the guy, right? I mean, he seems like a very lovable uh, guy. I particularly, I'm one of his biggest fans. Uh, he's he's awesome. And I would say he's also awesome in person. On At Southern Hills, I mean, multiple days, he stood out there and signed every autograph that anybody wanted of him. Um, was very kind. He's, he's taller than you would think. He's a tall, skinny man. <laughs> Doesn't have a lot of meat on those bones but uh boy he can play some golf and putting has been a lot of his woes and i think he's i don't want to say he's completely cured him josh but i think he has cured for the most part his putting tendencies and has turned into a golfer that he's a very well-rounded guy that you're gonna have to respect each and every part of his game and he's going to give you a run for you know your money every time you go out there and play 
Not that he was like way off of what the field was doing. The field average was 54% fairways hit on Sunday. Uh, but like Will Zalatoris said, Matt, that that was one airway, uh, one area where he didn't necessarily give himself on Sunday consistently the best chance. He finished seven of fourteen, which again is right there, fifty percent, just just a little bit below, basically the field average. So he he hit half of the fairways, and he he made up for it with what he did. Putting, he he actually he ended up tied twenty sixth on Sunday in greens and regulation. He had eleven of eighteen greens and regulation, even with uh, you know missing seven of the fairways out there. Strokes gained putting. He was thirteenth plus one and a half strokes gained putting in uh, that category, and he had just twenty seven putts, which was uh, seventh on Sunday. So he did putt really well. He needed one more putt. To get into that playoff, it just didn't quite play out that way for him. So let's take stock. Where is Will Zalatoris at? Obviously, he's he's right there, right? I mean, he's one stroke off of a playoff from the country club in Brookline. It's, again, no consolation to him. But this is someone that seems like he's trending right to, to, to win a major championship. I'm going to play devil's advocate with myself. There's a part of me that is a big believer in guys going on these hot streaks where they win multiple majors, and it happens typically in a one- to two-year time span. I mean, look at Brooks Kepka and his run. He's got four of them, but they all came boom, 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 boom. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, he's been super hot this year, obviously, almost won here at uh, Brookline. And, and you, you go in wavelengths. Even guys like Jordan Spieth and Rory to some extent. Now, both of those guys, they won other events as well. But, I mean, Rory's been ice cold for, for majors now for eight-plus years. So it, it can definitely get away from you quickly. And you have to take advantage of when you are, you know, on a heater. Will Zalatoris is on a heater. He just can't push through. He's so dang close. So there's one side of me that says, Josh, he's not taking advantage of this heater. And that side of me is the one that says, maybe, maybe he's not a guy that actually gets it done. Maybe he's a guy that, you know, is going to be someone that just barely misses out. And that would be really catastrophic, really uh, just devastating to go back. And if he's a guy that's never, never ends up winning one, I think he'll – you know, he'll really regret some of these moments and nothing you can do. He, he let it all out. The other side, though, of me, and I think this is the side I would go with, says if you play second in enough tournaments, especially majors, you're, you're hanging around the right spot. You're eventually going to fall into one and win. Yeah, and like I said earlier, you know, look, we, we can break down the fact that Seven of 14 fairways hit, so that could have been better on Sunday, and he's just one under par. But like I said, I mean, one under par on a Sunday in a major championship when you have that sort of position on the board that he was at, it's not inconceivable that this day could have played out differently and five under par wins this major championship, right? I mean, it's not. Now, that wasn't the case at the country club from Brookline. So to your point, he he's right there. And if you have enough second place finishes, 
then eventually you think that Sunday is going to play out differently to where, okay, well, maybe that one under par, five under for the tournament does hold up, and all of a sudden you're the major champion. But I hear what you're saying, too, though, about you get into a playoff down at Southern Hills with Justin Thomas and and don't win it. You are right there dueling on Sunday with Matthew Fitzpatrick from Brookline, and you don't win it. And, hey, I, I get it. He's 25 years old. He can hit it a mile. Like you pointed out, his putting has has come along. It seems like he's solved some things there. So conventional wisdom would say, oh, man, he's got so many more opportunities at these things. He's winning another major – I mean, he's winning a major championship somewhere. But you just, you just don't know. And I hear what you're saying, too, about guys getting on these red-hot, you know, series of months and streaks in the game of golf – to where I think it's apropos what you said about Rory McIlroy. This guy is treated and has become a figurehead now for the game of golf in terms of this Live Golf series and his thoughts on it. And yet, Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major championship since 2014. I Do I think he's one of the best players in the world? Absolutely. Of course I do. But that's no guarantee that you're going to be winning major championships. So until you win one... There's got to be at least some doubt for Will Zalatoris. I think he gets one somewhere. And, heck, it could be as soon as the Open Championship with the way that he's played in these last two major championships. And, really, I guess you could date back even further than that. I mean, he finished tied sixth at the Masters and tied sixth at the 2021 U.S. Open. So he's played really, really well in his last four major championships. But until you get one, Matt, there's going to be some level of doubt. No, there is. I'll bring up the name Ricky Fowler because, you know, five years ago, I know he's not playing well now. I understand that. But five years ago, and even, you know, further back than that, people were like, oh, this guy's going to win multiple majors, multiple majors. He obviously he did win the Players' Championship one of those years. But I just, I go back to that and I think, man, you just never know in this game. You just never know. But I agree. He's on a heater. And the way he's playing, his best chance may be in a few weeks when he goes out and plays the open over the pond because of how well he's played this year. you got to take advantage when you're playing well. And that goes even for the amateurs out there that are just like me, teeing it up on you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're lucky enough, you get to play some during the week. Listen, we don't have it every time of the year either, Josh. But when you do have it going, you got to take advantage and absolutely enjoy it because – that's it. You know, the game of golf is something that just doesn't stay with you all the time. It comes and it goes. And yes, when it goes, you still want to have like a, a, a bottom floor where it's not like, you know, you went from shooting 70 to, you know, 95. But that being said, there's just, there's those moments and those, there, there's those seasons of life in our golf games that are elite. And gosh, when you're in one, my best advice, play as much golf as you can, enjoy it, soak it up, and I think that's kind of where Will Zalatoris is. Plus, I mean, doesn't it, it for, elite, for me at least, it makes me respect him more, Josh, that he's always seems to be performing his best during major championships. Which that is, means a lot. Which is something we said about Brooks Kepka, right? Now, when you win the major championships and all of a sudden you've got four of them, that commentary holds more weight uh, for, you know, Brooks Kepka, just that example. 
But Brooks Kepka was a guy that, I mean, he's not one on the PGA Tour a lot, and we've got obviously some news to talk about with Brooks Kepka this morning in the Live Golf Series. But, uh, you know, you got to win those major championships when you get, when you get the opportunity. But I, I do agree with that sentiment. If you're playing really well in the major championships, that that's that's the impressive thing. You can win, you know, that that's just kind of how the world of golf works is you could win 15 PGA Tour events, but if you're the guy in Will Zalatoris that we talk about Southern Hills where you didn't win in a playoff or Sunday you lost this duel with Fitzpatrick, he he could be somebody that wins a bunch worldwide and gets remembered for finishing second just because that's sort of how we look at the game of golf, whereas we reward somebody like Brooks Kepka, who maybe finishes his career without a ton of worldwide wins. Not saying that's going to be the case, just you know, hypothetically as a possibility here. But he'll always be what, Matt? He'll be the four-time major champion. Brooks Kepka has as many major championships as Rory McIlroy. I want people to think about that statement because it's a very true statement. Yet, for some reason, we think of Roy McIlroy as, you know, Phil Mickelson category, like he's a lead elite. And we think of Brooks as, yeah, he's really good. He's really good. But it just kind of shows you that, you know, it. I think the reason why those two things are that way is because Rory has won many more other tournaments than Brooks. It's because Brooks has been known to not care about the PGA Tour, which – Hey, listen, it makes a little sense for what we're going to talk about here in a minute. And by the way, if this show doesn't deliver, Josh, every single Saturday, this is like the fifth Saturday in a row now, that we have breaking news that literally just broke. I mean, seconds ago. That is huge golf news and even bigger golf news for the state of Oklahoma. Pretty crazy stuff that... uh, We've got coming down the pipeline, so you're not going to want to go anywhere here on the Give Me Zone. Okay, so we'll hit that breaking news next. I, I did want to play this before we take another TL just real quick. This was Fitzpatrick talking about the aforementioned bunker shot that really you heard the great play-by-play breakdown of Will Zalatoris saying, man, I, I thought that was ballsy. I didn't know if that was the right right move. But this was Fitzpatrick uh, with Mike Tirico afterwards talking about that bunker shot on 18 that really Matt for all intents and purposes I mean this is kind of the historic moment for him that a lot of people are going to talk about in the future and here was Fitzpatrick's comments well sometimes you hit a big shot in a big moment and they talk about it forever I think that's going to be called the Fitzpatrick bunker down there now (laughs) tell us about the shot at 18 out of the bunker with your second I'll be brutally honest you know me and Billy spent a couple times well quite a while talking about the 18th tee shot undecided I hit three wood today into the bunker and um if there was one shot that I've struggled with this year that I would just do not want, it's a fairway bunker shot. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I guess sort of ability just took over and um, yeah, it's one of the best shots of it all, of all time. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. When I saw it leave the sand and I felt the strike, I was, yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier. I mean, I think he probably felt like Matt he had won the tournament after he hit that shot. Now, turned out that Fitz, uh, well, excuse me, Zalatoris had his own birdie putt, but obviously uh, it didn't drop. Okay, breaking news. Matt Reynolds has told you you got to stick around and hear this breaking news next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Welcome back to the Gimme Zone. It is 
Matt Reynolds and Josh Helmer hanging out with you here on this Saturday. Five Saturdays in a row, folks, of breaking news, uh, in large part thanks to Live Golf coming on as a big competitor to the PGA Tour. We've got some big news we're getting ready to drop on you, but before we do that, I want to remind you our good friends over there at Indoor 18, they've got some really cool stuff going on. Uh, it's really hot outside. It's over 100 degrees pretty much every day this week it has been. And if you don't want to be out in that heat, or if you don't have time to play three or four hours of golf, go over to Indoor 18. They've got 120-plus courses set up over there, including ones like Pebble Beach and historic venues, ones like the old course. Uh, Pretty cool stuff that they've got set up over there. So check them out. Uh, They will get you squared away and taken care of. All great things. And uh, Stephen over there does a fantastic job. They also have everything set up on TrackMan, so you can get your numbers of how far you're hitting your clubs. And that is a very, very important thing to know. Uh, So just keep that in your back pocket, indoor18.com. Give them a shout. All right. The breaking news that just happened within the hour here is that Live Golf has struck again. But this time, it's the second time in the same week that they get a golfer from the state of Oklahoma. Earlier this week, Abe Answer uh, went ahead and put his statement out. He joined uh, one of the top 20 players in the world. Big, big news there. But today, it is the news that I think the PGA Tour feared the most, and that is Greg Norman has picked off one of the best amateurs in the United States. No, no, in the world. Number two in the world, Eugenio Chikara, who is out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he was headed back to Oklahoma State for his senior season, uh, and he's not anymore, Josh. He is going to live golf. That just announced he will join the field in Portland as a professional. Wow. Yeah, that's huge news, obviously, locally. I mean, we've seen Abraham answer from Oklahoma make this jump to live golf, and now you've got the Oklahoma State tie here. And the amateur angle to this for him to be number two in the world in that regard, I mean, basically, when you're that high up in those rankings, you're expected to be a you know a good chance that you're a future star in the game of golf at some point in the future. And basically, that's what Live Golf is banking on, that we're going to go ahead and uh, attach ourselves to him right now, get him on our tour, pay him handsomely to join the tour, and that's what the Live Golf Series needs. They need young talent. They they want to work away from these aging stars. The Like Sergio Garcia, okay, that's a, a nice name 15 years ago. Yeah, it was a, a nice feel-good story, what, five, six years ago when he finally broke through and won a major championship at Augusta National in the Masters. But Sergio Garcia doesn't move the needle in the world of golf anymore. It's a you know fun tune in, see Sergio Garcia play a couple holes of golf, but he's not a young star. This is what Live Golf needs, and they found another piece. No, it's exactly what Live Golf needs. I mean, to a T. And I, I just you know, unfortunately, I won't be able to go to the Portland event because I've got work. Uh, we've got a big event that weekend, uh, but I cannot wait. Cannot wait to go up to Boston uh, in early September and see this live golf in person. It just, it has all the momentum. It has all the momentum. And I can't get behind the people that are paying the money. I don't think anybody can or anybody's out there chanting, go Saudi. 
you know, government. And I don't think we literally have heard that anywhere, right? Even the people like me who are for the league aren't necessarily for the people. Uh, but wrap your minds around the best 48 playing in the same league week after week. And that, that's a fun concept to me. And having the team concept is fun. Like I said, I, I think the rollout of the team concept has been a little dry. But this is where the rollout's going to get better. Oklahoma State is going to have a team, a team next week. They're all going to be on the same team. That's really, really cool. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, that goes a long, long way in people getting behind it when you have the college effect. And I know college golf to some isn't as big, but still, if, if I told you, hey, you got Abe Answer out there, you know, root for, for Oklahoma, that's a big deal. And so for Oklahoma State fans, I'm just thinking about this. I mean, you got. Uh, Eugenio now joining Taylor Gooch, joining Peter Uline. And a lot of people have, you know, think Matthew Wolf is on the way. He was in the promo a couple weeks ago, so I think he is probably on the way. And it just, I mean, it's a really cool concept from that standpoint, and I think people are going to get behind this team deal. Do we have any idea who Abraham Answer might be teamed up with in his own respect? We don't yet because there's, you know, not a, not any other Oklahoma golfers there, so that that part we don't know. I could though, I could foresee a, a you know little team Mexico uh, coming down, or a, a little team um, South America region. Uh, just you know, with where he's from, I, I could see that coming if they're able to pick off a few of the names that have been rumored. Uh, you know, you got guys like. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, who's still out there, there's been rumored. Carlos Ortiz, who is also from Mexico, like Abe is. Uh, so I, I could see something like that, but I'm not sure who he'll end up with on this uh, this next week. They, they still will have a draft, although, keep in mind, some of the teams are still set. So like the Stinger team, who won the first event with uh, Charles Swartzel and all his guys, they're, they're staying together. So that South Africa team is uh, going to be together for the rest of the year. And I I think that's the, at least the model for them, to me, for success is, Josh, not just to have teams, but have consistency on who's on those teams. I agree. Totally agree. We're due our final timeout of hour number one. It's the gimme zone right here on The Ref. When we come back, think about this. Just let it kick around a little bit, Matt, in your brain here. I know I'm springing this on you. Most important major champions so far in 2022 we'll discuss next it's the gimme zone back after this on the ref elite roofing systems brings us the gimme zone as always here on a saturday josh elmer alongside matt reynolds elite roofing system check them out locations in okc and in tulsa EliteRoofOK.com. Number to call in OKC, 405-361-3094. In Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Like I said before the break, I sort of sprung that on you short notice, Matt. But if you had to power rank the importance of major champions in 2022 so far, we had Scotty Scheffler, first-time major champion at the Masters, Of course, uh, we had Justin Thomas get his second major championship down at Southern Hills in Tulsa. And then we had Matthew Fitzpatrick last week, the major champion of the U.S. Open, his first. So do you have a strong opinion there, the importance 
of these three major champions so far in 2022? You know, this is a great question, and I thought about this uh, every minute uh, that I had there in the break. The way I broke it down in my head was you got Scotty Scheffler who won the Masters, and that's just a historic, historic tournament. Uh, you've got, you know, so many uh, things with Justin Thomas winning his second, which I think is a really big deal. Uh, and then you've got Matt Fitzpatrick, who's another first-time winner. I would say Fitzpatrick's out. Um, no offense to him, but I, I think the other two are are bigger. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to say, ah, there's a part of me that wants to say JT because of Southern Hills, but I, I think, mm, I think I would go with Southern Hills, and here's why: I would go with Southern Hills just because of the way it went down with the playoff, and the Masters didn't really have that. You know, the Masters, Scotty kind of ran away with that thing to some degree. I'm I'm torn because you've got a couple of guys that obviously it's their first major championship in Scotty Scheffler and Matthew Fitzpatrick. And then you've got another golfer here in Justin Thomas who picks up his second. And yet, I think for me, it's Justin Thomas because he's added to his collection. Justin Thomas, if you were to ask me which of these three – 25 years from now we regard as the best golfer of the three I think the answer to that question is Justin Thomas so then from that standpoint for him to add his second and get into that category to where now he's not just a one-time major winner now he's a multiple major winner and how many does he ultimately finish with for him to get his second I think is the most important result so far but it's an interesting question it is. It is. It is. It's an interesting and it's a fun question, too. So for those out there, think about that. What would your answer be? Live Golf Series. We've got some new names heading over. We've told you one. What about Kepka? What about Abraham Abraham Answer? Let's chat it up next. Keep it locked in. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. One hour of fun in the books. Uno mas to go, baby, on a Saturday. On the ref, Josh Elmer alongside my partner in crime, Mr. Matt Reynolds. As always, the Gimme Zone brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. There's free quotes, bonded and insured, and, of course, affordable pricing at uh, both of their headquarters in OKC and in Tulsa. Number to call in Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094, 918-984-5475. That's the number to call in Tulsa, Elite Roof ok.com Matt, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, it will be warm today. It has been warm of late. And where can folks get out of the heat and still work on that golf game? Indoor 18. Uh, check them out. Uh, they are doing some big things. They're also getting ready. Uh, spoiling a little bit of news here, but they're also getting ready to uh, head over to a new like, location, which is going to be awesome for them for multiple reasons. Uh, it, it's a bigger space. Uh, it's their own space, but they're also going to be building an outdoor driving range with it for nighttime. So that's going to be awesome, uh, especially for the uh, summer heat. Plus, they'll have a little uh, chipping and putting green over there as well, so you can really work on your game there. Uh, but yeah, man, Steven's got it going on over there. So check them out. Indoor18.com is the best place to go because you can go there. You can literally sign up. It's an hour. That's all it takes you to. Takes you really only forty minutes to play eighteen holes, 
And if you're really good and you're by yourself and you're really quick, uh, which remember, you're not having to walk to your ball. Like you're in the air conditioner. You're, you're sitting there playing. Uh, you know, you could play two rounds of 18 if you're really fast in an hour. So it, it very nice from the time perspective. There's no doubt about that. Brooks Kepka, another big name that has defected from the PGA Tour, announcing this week he will be joining the Live Golf Tour. And, well, this <laughs> made its rounds again from the U.S. Open last week. Brooks Kepka with the media. Is it a figure that which you would swap tours? Does that exist? Does Is there a figure that? that would get you to go? I haven't given it that much. I mean, I haven't given it that much thought. Really? I, re- <laughs> I mean, I was... I don't understand. I'm trying to focus on the U.S. Open, man. Like, I legitimately don't get it. I'm tired of the conversations. I'm tired of all this stuff. Y'all, like I said, y'all are throwing a black cloud on the U.S. Open. I think that sucks. I actually do feel bad for him for once. Because right. it's, I mean, it's a situation. Like, but, we're here to play, and you're talking about some event that happened last week. Well, there's events going to be going on now for the next foreseeable future. I know, but you can't drive a car looking in the rearview mirror, can you? Wouldn't have thought so. Okay, so that was Brooks Kepka last week at the U.S. Open, two-time U.S. Open champion Brooks Kepka, And remember, he was applauded last week for kind of being the guy to say, hey, let's, let's focus on the U.S. Open. Enough questions about the Live Golf Tour. And then, lo and behold, the next week, He's defected from the PGA Tour. He's joining the Live Golf Tour. This is not a shock to you if you've been listening to the Gimme Zone with Matt and myself and Brian Vineyard. We have been informing you that Chase Kepka on the Live Golf Tour was a sign that Brooks Kepka would be along shortly. But why would Brooks Kepka last week go that route and be so combative with reporters and talk about this thing being a black cat, black cloud on the major championship and then follow it up the next week by announcing that he's leaving the PGA tour. Was that any kind of a mistake on his part, Matt? I don't think so. I'm going to be probably in the minority on this, but the reason why I don't think so is he told us without, I mean, it would have, I'm not, I'm not trying to demean um, members of the media. But if you didn't hear that and think he's going, then you probably should not be in the breaking news part of the media, like legitimately, because it was very, very clear that he was out of it. I mean, one, his brother got sent over there, right? Hello, that's a scouting trip. Two, he literally, the other part of that clip, uh, right before that, he goes, well, I couldn't have played it because I was getting married that week. It's like, uh... Duh. Like, yeah, he can't play that. I would have been there if I wasn't getting married. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That, that's what I think you were saying, Josh. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting take. I mean, he basically, in a roundabout way, kind of did say that. I, I don't think it really matters all that much either way, but he is kind of getting raked over the coals here because of the approach he took last week at the U.S. Open publicly, and then several days later, boom, the announcement that he's going. Ultimately, you know who wins in this deal? The Live Golf Tour, right? I mean, for him to have made those comments last week, and then just several short days later, he's joining the Live Golf Tour, it just it makes for a tasty headline. 
and ultimately that's good business for the live golf. It is. It is. Ultimately it is. And uh, live golf is the ultimate winner in this. I guess the only pushback I'll give to your comment, I, I give credence to it. Like I understand what you're saying, but the only thing I will say is that I just think at this point, it is what it is. I mean, they're going to get crucified no matter what they say. They could say whatever at this point, and it's just kind of going to be it is what it is to me. Um, I think that's that's where we're at on this thing. Um, it stinks on some regards. I understand it on other regards. But, you know, does, do you agree with me that just no matter what these guys do when they go to live golf, they're going to get some slack? Yes, and as we've discussed in the past – the lines have kind of been drawn in the sand for respective media entities. And I think for fans, it's, it's pretty simple at this point. You're either very much pro PGA tour and anyone that defects to go to the live golf tour is, well, they're one of the bad guys now, or you get it right. You, you understand. Yeah. They're paying these guys wild sums of money Yes, I understand the political ramifications of this Live Golf Tour being a Saudi-backed golf league, but I understand all of the financial side of it for some of these guys that, like, we're going to spend so much time talking about Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and uh, the top-rated uh, amateur that you mentioned uh, earlier this morning. Uh, remind me, jog my memory, Who's uh, what's this gentleman's name, Matt? Eugenio Chikara, which I will say that's the best I can say his name. Folks, if you're an Oklahoma State fan out there, I'll go ahead and apologize for myself. I probably didn't pronounce the last name perfect, but that's the best I can do. Abraham answer. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about those guys that have done something on the PGA Tour that are young stars that have the local tie. But it's not even just about those players, right? There's plenty of guys that this is – this is generational type wealth. And, and you know, the two local guys, Abraham Answer and Taylor Gucci, are actually good examples in that regard that th- this totally changes their lives. Not that they hadn't made a bunch of money or a good sum of money on the PGA Tour to date both Taylor Gooch and Abraham Answer, but we're talking about now the type of money that's getting thrown at them and the fact that you, you, you're not involved with paying the 10% to your caddy on earnings, the travel expenses, that portion of it getting taken care of by this Live Golf Tour. So you're either pro PGA Tour and these guys are the enemy for going. They're anti-American. I think there's that sentiment out there from some fans. Or you understand the financial side of it for these golfers. And you understand that the PGA Tour really hasn't always been the best for some of the the golfers on the PGA Tour, that, okay, they could have done more. Purses on the PGA Tour could have been larger. They could have helped out to pay some of these caddies and not made it inexpensive for these golfers to pay their caddies. They could have helped out with some travel expenses along the way. They could have before this week, which we should probably dive into this next, the PGA Tour's response. They've added some, some events that will be non-cut events next season beginning in 2023 we think three events that they've added uh, they might be late to the party in that regard we can debate and discuss next but you kind of get it that the live golf the live golf tour 
It doesn't have cuts, right? It's just three rounds. So the lines in the sand, they've been drawn in. You're either on one side or the other, I think, at this point, Matt. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. You definitely are uh, one side or the other. And I, you know, I, I look at it and everybody can sit on their righteous stand and at the top of, you know, whatever mountaintop they want to go from and say, oh, I would never take that money. But there's talk that, you know, Eugenio just got 50-plus million. You know, those, those type of numbers are out there on the Internet. Now, none of those are confirmed, but we're talking about the number of amateur in the world. Uh, hadn't even done anything, you know, professionally yet. He's a really good player, but that type of money being thrown at these people, I mean, how? what do you say to that? You know, it's life-changing money. People are doubling and tripling their PGA Tour earnings to come over to this league, and that's a really big deal. That's a really big deal. So I, I think that those are all key components in this thing. The PGA Tour undoubtedly uh, has butchered this the whole way through, and I don't want to give away my, my take, but they did at least do something. They did something uh, this week, and I think this is the most important thing we can talk about going forward is what they did. That being said, before we get there, Brooks Kepka, Abe Answer, the two big ones that go. It looks like Kokrak is going to join that list as well. This Portland event, not shocking to any of us, is shaping up really well. The only thing Lib Golf has not been able to do is to crack inside the top 15. The day they crack inside the top 15, the PGA Tour better absolutely be uh, just a little bit scared because right now, They've got DJ, Dustin Johnson, who's at 16, Brooks Kepka at 19, Abe Answer at 20, Louis Hazen at 23, Bryson DeChambeau at 30, Kevin Knott at 34, Patrick Reed at 38, Taylor Gooch at 39, Sergio at 59, Richard Bland at 69, Matt Jones at 72, Sean Norris at 75, Sam Horsville at 77, Phil Mickelson at 83, Lee Westwood at 85, uh, Ryoshu Kuchmachi at number 91, Scott Vincent at 92, Hudson Swafford at 96, Bern Wiesberger at 97, Ian Poulter at 98. That's a lot of names in the top 100 for the second event. That's more than I thought they would have for their second event, i got to be honest. And the major champions that they have, right? I mean, you think about, you think about obviously, Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Mickelson and Garcia and Patrick Reed. I mean, they've, they've got some major champions on the live golf tour now. And that's a big piece of this puzzle. And I agree with what you're saying. If the live golf tour, and this is a large number because they've, they've got a goose egg in this column right now, but say they got a third, five of the top 15. What, how about three, three of the top 15 would be incredibly damaging to the PGA tour. And we'll see, we'll see how long, all of these folks can just continue to turn down the money. I think it's, again, really easy for fans that aren't presented with this type of financial windfall or opportunity to look at this and basically take the moral high ground of how could you, how could you get involved, how could you take the money from a Saudi Arabian-backed league, right? Well, as you pointed out, with the amateur golfer from Oklahoma State, You've never played a professional round, and you're getting reportedly maybe $50 million sent your way. 
how many guys at that age are going to take take the quote-unquote moral high path, right? How many people are genuinely going to turn down the money? I just – I think that's I so much easier said than done, Matt. No, I don't, I don't know. Let, let's, let's take this example. I want, I want to throw out an example because I think this is really good for people to think of it on a practical terms, okay, practical terms. You're obviously, you know, uh, well off into your broadcasting career. Let's say you, you know, you're, you're going to college and you're going to be this broadcaster, right? And, and let's just say this exact station, KREF, is where you want to be. KREF comes to you in the middle of your college career and says, hey, we want to offer you $150,000 a year. You would be gone quicker than they could even get out the last six, the last sentence. Anybody would, because professionally that's what you wanted to do, and it's that you know large of a amount of money for someone who's in college. Yeah, well, a life changing sum at that stage in my yeah, life at, and at that point in my career. Sure, exactly, and that that's I only use the practical example because yes, that number is large, obviously, and. You know, for those that don't know, the radio industry is not making that out of college. But it, it's, it's important to have that same concept, though, because that's what just happened in this case to the number two amateur in the world who's at Oklahoma State, who loves Oklahoma State. He actually, I mean, he absolutely loves Oklahoma State. If you saw his performance out in Scottsdale, he, they lost, yes, but he was the guy that, I mean, he was fired up when he won his match. Love this kid. He's a talented kid. He's a, he's a great player. Uh, seems, I don't know him as a person too well, but he seems to be a great person from everything I know. I just don't know how, if you put yourself in that shoe, if you're a nurse listening, let's say you're you know, in the middle of nursing school, you haven't finished, and somebody comes out there and offers you a six-figure job immediately, how do you say no? How do you say no? I mean, I just I don't know how people can not, with those, with those terms, if you think of it that way, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Well, and there's some that would say no, right? If the political ramifications were attached and, you know, you, you, know, you just think about kind of some of the scenarios you like. I'm not saying everybody would say yes, but I think the majority would yeah. look and, the other way on the political point, yeah. ramifications. That's a good point, and, and to be clear, I'm not saying everybody would say yes either, but if I had to go percentage, I bet 90% say yes, just because how can you turn that down uh, you know, for, for your family's sake if you were really put in a position that's similar to theirs? And, and the crazy part is for them, you know, they're getting paid double and triple what their market value was at the PGA Tour, quote-unquote. So, I mean, take the salaries I'm – I'm throwing out if a regular out of college radio salary is, you know, forty five, fifty thousand, or you know, whatever that number is. Yeah, that's why I throw out the number one fifty because it's it's like you're getting triple your value. And I just I don't know how the PGA Tour competes with that, but I think the one thing they at least could do was give a response, and they finally gave us a response that we can talk about a little bit. They did. Let's discuss that next. Uh, Rory McIlroy. I mean. 
he's kind of been the spokesperson for the PGA on this deal. Just real quick before we hit it to you, here were his latest comments about the Brooks Kepka news. Am I surprised? Yes, because of what he said previously. You know, I think that's why I'm, I'm surprised at a lot of these guys because they, they say one thing and then they do another. And I don't understand that. And I don't know if that's for legal reasons or if they can't. I, I have no idea. But um, it's pretty duplicitous on, on their part to say one thing and then do another thing. You're talking about something you said two years ago or a week ago? <laughs> the whole way through. Yeah. The whole way through in public and private. All of it. All right, so Rory McIlroy has been the cheerleader of the PGA Tour, and he has been very vocal in his opposition to the Live Tour. What about the PGA Tour? What was their response? Let's detail it next. Josh Elmer alongside Matt Reynolds. Of course, this is the Gimme Zone. It's brought to us in part by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com. Locations in Oklahoma City and in Tulsa. Number to call in OKC, 405-361-3094. Up in T-Town, the number, 918-984-5475. The PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, our fearless leader. If you're a PGA Tour fan, they finally have a response. Let's uh, let's tell you what it is. Next, it's the Gimme Zone right here on The Rep. Happy Saturday, everybody. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Matt Reynolds. It's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com. So we've got uh, KC Ping checking in on the Twitter sphere. He says, Kepka left, for the, P- left the PGA for live, the same as a person doesn't put in there two weeks, but already has a new job waiting for them. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, that's true. And, and a new job that's uh, going to pay you uh, handsomely. I, I'll just say, you know, I think maybe you can use that from the standpoint, but I don't think he really cares what the PGA tour really thinks about it, to be quite honest. Uh, it's one of those, you know, you typically try to leave the right way. Uh, and there wasn't really, a reason to leave the right way probably in Brooks kept his mind because he doesn't plan on ever going back to the PGA Tour. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan talking about the Live Golf League this week. Let me be clear. I am not naive. If this is an arms race, and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete. The PGA Tour, an American institution, can't compete with a foreign monarchy that is spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. We welcome good, healthy competition. The Live Saudi Golf League is not that. It's an irrational threat, one not concerned with the return on investment or true growth of the game. Now, I know legacy and purpose sound like talking points that don't mean much. But when I talk of those concepts, it isn't about some sort of intangible moral high ground. It is our track record as an organization and as a sport. Okay, uh, so that was PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan this week. Here's what happened. So Jay Monahan released to reporters and revealed to the world 
Wednesday that prize money at eight regular season tournaments, the purse, it's set to be increased. And there will also be, if I have this correct, Matt, three events now on the PGA Tour that will essentially be no-cut events. Essentially. Uh, basically, what the PGA Tour has done is they created more WGC events, which the WGC events, <laughs> it's funny as it is, guess who uh, was the initiator of those? Oh, Greg Norman. <laughs> He's the one who got those good in the first place. But basically what the WGCs are, are no-cut events. It's almost a copycat of what Liv is to some regards. Um, but WGC was technically before Liv. It was also Greg Norman's idea. So makes sense how we got to where we got on both these sides. But basically they want to get the top 60 players in the world in those fields. There won't be a cut. Uh, they get to play. Uh, you qualify with your official world golf ranking. They're going to take the best 60 that they can get. And it's, in essence, a no-cut event, but just a lesser field. So this is from the memo, two players obtained by CNN. Jay Monahan wrote that the Century Tournament of Champions, the Genesis Invitational, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the players, the WGC Dell Technologies, the Memorial Tournament, and the FedEx St. Jude Championship and the BMW Championship, they would have millions added to their prize money, including several that will see 67% more in their purses. So... They are responding in earnest here with that list of eight events that are signature events on the PGA Tour with much, much larger purses. Where do I start? Where do I start? Uh, there's so much to talk about in this. First off, let me start with Jay Monahan, who in the clips you just played, which, man, I love that you appreciate you're always getting clips, but those clips are gold because they're going to give me even more credence to my talking points today. It's just like you said it's not about money. You said it's about prestige. It's about the love of the game. It's about all these things. Well, then why are you adding $120 million? Because you also just admitted in the same clip, Josh, that you don't have the arms race to go against these guys, which they don't. So if you don't have the arms race to go against them, then what are you doing bringing up money in the first place? Because that. I mean, you think raising these events is going to do anything? No, it's not. it's not. Sure, it is some credence of it. But to me, the biggest indictment is not the fact that he raised the money. It's not the fact that he raised the money at all. Because he should have done that a long time ago. Live Golf has been talked about happening now for two years. And we could have had these. These things could have been done. They could have had the largest person golf to where Live Golf would have had to go pay $30 million to be able to say that they had the largest purse in golf. But they didn't. They waited, they waited, they waited, they waited, and now they're being reactionary. And Jay Monahan, they don't like liars. They go to live golf, neither does Roy McIlroy. Well, he might want, not want to like Jay Monahan then because Jay Monahan just lied to us. They 100% are only raising these because of the live golf tour. No, that's that's exactly right. Let's play this. Let's play this one more time because I think there's a, a bunch to break down from it. Let me be clear. I am not naive. If this is an arms race, and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, 
The PGA Tour can't compete. The PGA Tour, an American institution, can't compete with a foreign monarchy that is spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. We welcome good, healthy competition. The Live Saudi Golf League is not that. It's an irrational threat, one not concerned with the return on investment or true growth of the game. Now, I know legacy and purpose sound like talking points that don't mean much. But when I talk of those concepts, it isn't about some sort of intangible moral high ground. It is our track record as an organization and as a sport. Okay, so there's a lot to break down there, Matt. The return on investment comment. The Live Golf Tour, no. They've made it clear they're not super concerned on the return on investment. Why does that matter to Jay Monahan? Well, it matters to Jay Monahan because the PGA Tour is concerned with its return on investment, which is the reason that, yes, what Jay Monahan just said is total lies. Total lies when he's sitting up there and trying to spew about they welcome competition. They don't welcome competition. They tried to squash this thing. And let us remind everybody out there, Greg Norman and the Live Golf Tour, they didn't want it to get to this point. They were prepared to work behind closed doors, behind the scenes, and to not not attack any of these eight events that the PGA Tour now has created larger purses for. So the idea that they welcome competition, no. Jay Monahan in the PGA Tour does not welcome competition. They tried to shrug their nose at competition. And now that they're under siege here a little bit, now you have your response from the PGA Tour. I think it's a good response. I think this was something that they needed to do for their signature events to raise purses, Matt, to create a, a set of events. And, and I think they need more events than three, by the way, that are non-cut events. I think they need probably five to ten events for those lower-rung PGA Tour players that are trying to retain their cards or that might not retain their cards but still have an opportunity throughout those five or ten events that they play in to monetize, right? I think that that is a natural way for the PGA Tour to go about this. But guess what? Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour don't want to do that because of why? They want to line their own wallets. No, 100%. Uh, they do want to line their own wallets, and they don't welcome competition of any kind because look what they did with the European Tour. They have absolutely castrated the European Tour from what it was 25 years ago. It's nothing comparable because they want to become the all-in, be-all tour. And listen, I don't fault them for that. Just like anything that we do in anything in the world, KRS, guess what? KRS is trying to be the best sports station in the state of Oklahoma every single day of the week. They are, I mean, right? I mean, that's what, that's what we're here trying to accomplish. That's our Everything goal, no do, doubt. You should have that goal to be the best in your uh, market, region, world. What, you know, obviously, you should try to be the best. And I do believe KRF is the place, obviously, for senior fans and has become that. Uh, but it didn't start out as that, right? It, it, everything starts out small, builds big. Some things start out a little bigger than others. Polib's one of those weird things that, yeah, they're not the normal startup because they have all this cash, all this money. 
the way Jay Monahan has handled this, he should be fired immediately for multiple things. And you took the words out of my mouth. Boy, those are some great points. What I'll also add to it is, if you go and read, and I know someone's going to, someone's going to respond to this with this, so I'm going to go ahead and say this part before I even get to my main point. The PGA Tour, if you go read their statement and what they sent out, the extra $125 plus million is going to be paid from what they call their reserve fund, which basically is their savings in their, in their bank account, right? That's where it's going to be paid. So they already have this money that they're talking about adding to these events. Plus, they're going to sell that to sponsors to get even more money for it. But the purse isn't going to change when they get that. That money is just going to go back into the savings account. So I asked people this who are all just pro PGA Tour. One, why were they reactive? They knew this was coming. They could have done this. Two, so you're telling me Phil Mickelson was right. He was right. Maybe it wasn't the exact numbers he threw out, but he was right. The PGA Tour is greedy. They are obviously holding back money. And if he wasn't right, well, then what, how'd they come up with $125-plus million overnight? That's, that's not some little sum of money. It is to the Saudi League, but it's not to them. Well, and I think this is an important note in all of this, too, and we're due a break. We'll have to take it, and we can carry this conversation over. The Monaghan and the PGA Tour revealed they're returning to a calendar year schedule that culminates with the FedEx Cup playoffs that now – will feature a smaller field of 70 players instead of what has been the usual 125. So this is not rewarding the entirety of the PGA Tour. They're taking the money from those 55 and using part of that too. Now, is that a large, large portion in all of this? No, probably not. But it doesn't help out that bottom 55 on the PGA Tour and the FedEx Cup playoffs. That portion of this has gotten worse for the PGA Tour. They're rewarding the top stars, and they're not helping out those bottom uh, bottom players on the tour, which really has been a, a big part of the beef here. I know that once what the PGA Tour co- is concerned with, and I get it, they're concerned with keeping Rory McIlroy, right? They're concerned with keeping Xander Shopley. They're concerned with keeping Justin Thomas, on and on and on. They're concerned with the big names. But whether you believe Phil Mickelson or not, Phil Mickelson was fighting for some of these lower-rung PGA Tour players. You can call Phil Mickelson greedy. You can make him the villain in all of this. What he was saying was right for lower PGA Tour players that are fighting to keep their PGA Tour cards. And they're not winners necessarily in all of this by what the PGA Tour has revealed. Okay, we're due a timeout. It's the Gimme Zone. Just a couple more segments. Would love to hear from somebody out there. Look, if you disagree with us, I welcome your phone call. Hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Josh and Matt, back with you a couple more times. After this, it's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Couple more segments to go. Josh Elmer alongside my good buddy Matt Riddles. It is the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. Of course, again, as always, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. Visit them online, EliteRoofOK.com. You know, one thing that I have to correct myself on a little bit here, Matt, I was under the impression, based on what I had read initially, 
and sort of what came out to begin this week that really a lot of these changes would be in place by 2023. Now I'm reading in here from this CNN report, the first full season of the new changes will begin in the 2024 calendar year. I think that's a huge mistake by the PGA Tour. Yeah, no, that that to me is wow. I mean, I don't. I guess I completely missed that. So it's not going to be next year. Not according to what I'm reading here from this uh, CNN report. Now, I mean, outside chance that they misreported this and it is in fact 2023 but what i'm looking at what i'm reading right here from cnn it says 2024 i mean that to me is again incredibly damaging if that's how the pga tour plays this they cannot continue to be reactionary in this deal they need changes and they need them now and while i you and i can sit here and debate and discuss and talk about i think that they actually need to do a little bit more in terms of the no cut events on the pga tour <laughs> hey i think this is a good start for them at the very least to amp up these purses for the eight events to at least have a couple no cut events on the pga tour and they don't need this in 2 years they need it now they need it tomorrow they need it certainly by 2023 yeah, I would. I would be, man. I'm hoping that's a misprint from for, from CNN. I really am because if that is the real deal, then I missed the boat on it. First off, this week because I thought this was coming in 2023, and second off, that's just horrible. That is just horrible, horrible. I mean, I I'm, I continue to say if I'm the PGA Tour board. I tell Jay Monahan, thank you, but no, thank you. We're going to move a different direction. I call up Tiger Woods, and I say, we need you to come save us. Continue to build your legacy, and we need you to be the PGA Tour spokesperson. We need you to be the commissioner. I think that's what you got to do. Um, something as crazy as that needs to be done. Some people may say Jack, but this is not a shot at older people at all but jack is he probably doesn't need this stress on his life at his age um he's in his mid 80s let him enjoy his life tiger is the perfect age to where look he's not playing a ton of golf um it would be a weird deal for the commissioner to still be playing but it's not so weird that it's not worth at least trying that's a very interesting idea that you floated around right there about Tiger Woods. We're we're right up against it. We have one final break to take. So let's take it and let's just carry that over and discuss that on our way out the door. It is the Gimme Zone brought to us in part by the Territory Golf and Country Club out in Duncan. Josh and Matt, one final time. We're missing Brian this week. Brian, we love you, buddy. You'll be back with us next week. No stress. You had uh, this week off. Recharge those batteries, and he'll come in, no doubt, next week. uh, Ready to fire off some hot takes, I'm sure. But let's talk about Tiger Woods potentially replacing Jay Monahan as the PGA PGA Tour Commissioner. I think that's a fascinating idea. We'll discuss it next. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Just a couple minutes left here in the Gimme Zone. On the ref, Josh Elmer, 
alongside Matt Reynolds. It's been brought to us all morning long by Elite Roofing Systems and the Territory Golf and Country Club, as well as Indoor 18, Matt. Yes, Indoor 18. Make sure and check them out. They're our great friends. Uh, getting ready to move locations, and uh, they're doing some big things. So if you want to stay out of this summer heat, they are your best way to do it. Tiger Woods to save the day. Would anybody care yeah, what, what about a story his? That would be. It would be an amazing story. Would anybody care about his past personal life transgressions? Well, and as I was rolling out that idea on live radio, that's the one downside for Tiger Woods doing it is that. You have to bet, if you're the PGA Tour, that Tiger Woods isn't going to have another one of these episodes. Because if he did have another one of these episodes, it would be a horrible look. Um, but at this point, at least where I stand, and I, obviously I'm not the one on the PGA Tour that actually has a bunch to lose, but I just I think they're losing right now with what Jay Monahan's doing. So why not? You know, give give this a shot, and if it's not Tiger, maybe it's someone else. But they need new leadership of some form. That that to me is the most evident thing I think in this whole process. Well, how about this? Could Tiger keep his nose clean for a period of twelve months, one year, uh, two years? And if so, I'll I'll riddle you something else. Could this be an exit of the game of golf? for Tiger Woods, who might just maybe need a convenient excuse and the timing to step away. Like, he could step away tomorrow and his legacy secure. It's really up to Tiger to do that, but he could kind of sell this as it's more important for me to be focused on this for the PGA Tour than playing on the PGA Tour. 100%. 100%. No, I think he could, and I think that's why it makes even more sense from the standpoint of this is a both-sides thing. It's not just a one-sided affair on this. Uh, it truly is, you know, a, a a multiple positive option on Tiger's side and the PGA Tour side all across the board. There's so many things. The only thing that I would question at all is what you brought up, and that is, the past. He's, he, he cannot have one of those episodes again. So we've gone two hours. Oh, by the way, the leader of the Travelers is Xander Shopley <laughs> right now. <laughs> 14 under par. Been one a fun show, late, though, man. Xander. One week too late. No kidding. Yeah, he, he kind of hung you out to dry on that one. Matt, hey, great job today, man. We'll do it again next week, and uh, enjoy your weekend, dude. I'll enjoy it as long as the Sooners can win. So, Boomer Sooner, hopefully they get it done this weekend. That's right, Boomer Sooner. Let's uh, just let's just have a celebration on Monday. Let's not even mess around with playing that game. No need, no need. Matt, see you, buddy. That's it for Matt Reynolds. That's it for myself. For Brian Vineyard, he'll be back with us next week. Thanks for listening in to the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. I'm Josh Elmer saying... For those guys, we're signing off until next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.